Welcome to the Powercast with Charlie Johnson. I'm one of the world's leading fitness and transformation coaches. I'm going to be providing you with the tools to build your ultimate body and mind. So welcome to another awesome episode of the Powercast. And today it's an absolute honor to have a great friend and fitness idol from the other side of the world. He's now there in the evening, uh, Mr. Joseph Frackich from New Zealand. So thank you very much for coming on to the podcast, Joseph. No problem. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so for anyone who doesn't know Joseph, he's one of the OGs of the online training game. He's uh, been in it for a little while. He's got absolutely massive client base, helped like probably hundreds of thousands of people all over the world and helped to, has built some world-class content as well, which is incredibly educational. So I think anyone within the fitness scene, he's someone to really look at in terms of how to A, get in shape, but also how to run and build a business to help people all over the world. So um, thank you very much for your time today, Joseph. Really, really appreciate it. And today we're going to delve a little bit into your journey, where you started and some of your protocols with how you run yourself and your life and have a little run through from that. So um, to take us back to the beginning, Joseph, where did it all start from you in terms of like getting into the fitness scene and like your gym addiction begin? Um, so it started quite a while ago. Um, Funny enough, when I, when I was at school, like I've always been into sports, been into cross country, been into soccer, football, um, any sport I loved it, man. So PE was always my favorite subject at school. But funny enough, whenever we had weights room at school, I always, you know, forgot my gym clothes because <laughs> I didn't like lifting weights. I was a skinny kid, 161, uh, 61 kgs, didn't like lifting weights. I was probably embarrassed, you know, because I was weak, so I, I always didn't partake in the in the gym at school um but then my mum she won a free gym trial for two weeks she didn't want it so she gave it to me and me and a few mates started going to the gym after school we didn't know anything about the gym and we basically just used it for a i guess like a social environment we just went there to talk shit <laughs> but even though we just went there you know a couple of days a week we were mucking around you know lifting some weights here and there um, not consistent but I guess because it was a new shock and a new stimulus to our body, we did start to notice some progress. So we started to notice, you know, our physique kind of changing. And once we saw that initial change, that's what kind of motiv motivated us to, you know, you know, get more serious with our training, get more serious with our diet and look into it a bit more. Um, so obviously once we started noticing some decent results at the gym, me and my mates, we joined up and I guess that's where it all started. You know, we kind of, turned it into a hobby and then from a hobby it turned into our passion um and now it's my career <laughs> i think one of, the yeah, I guess... one of the interesting things you said there and that's well like automatically when we met in thailand i like bought into you straight away and because you're exactly the same as me in the one word you said there was passion because i can tell how much you love training and like even before this podcast yeah. we were talking about like how exciting it is driving to the gym and how that's all like part of the fun <laughs> is like getting g'd up to go and train um, yeah. so I, like, I think that's a testimony to why you've done so well because you're so authentic in yourself and like you represent yourself so well in terms of you're always in shape, you're always training, you like you literally practice what you preach. Um, yeah. I remember an example as well, which we were in the uh, hotel in Thailand because we were staying in the same place and you came down to breakfast like before training with like packets of microwaved rice and stuff like that. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, play like guy's legit. Like he's not just uh, not just doing it for the ground like a lot of people are. So it's um yeah, it's, it's awesome to see like the authenticity with that because I think um, sometimes there's a little bit of smoke and mirrors with some people now. Yeah, and I think you do have to turn it into a passion. You know, like I think there's so many people out there who look at the gym as like a chore and they think, oh, 
have to go to the gym. And I think if you look at it as like a chore, it's not enjoyable and you don't put everything into it. But once, once you like see the results and you start to become addicted, then it turns into a passion. And once it's a passion, then it's, it's almost like, how do you get out of the German? <laughs> um, but yeah, it goes for everything, the diet, the training. So even when I'm traveling, you know, just because I'm so passionate about what I do and I want to, you know, achieve the best results that I can, I'm always on point with my diet, always on point with my training. Um, if I'm traveling overseas and they don't have good access to food, I bring a lot of packet rice and cans of tuna <laughs> and, you know, sachets of oats. I always make it work, you know? Yeah, and it's just one of those things that where there's a will, there's a way. And I think something that's very interesting at the moment is, um, like with the lockdown situation is that people need to really realize that I probably do realize more now how much of a privilege it is to actually have the ability to go to the gym. So like yeah. a lot of these people may be like two months ago, like, Oh, I can't be bothered to go to the gym. If you said to them now, like, Oh, do you want to go to the gym today? They would literally like bite your hand off. Um, yeah. So I think this process at the moment will very much maybe change people's appreciation for the smaller things in life. I think. Yeah. It's not, I don't have to go to the gym. It's I get to go to the gym. Yeah, I have the ability to do, do so. And that's like something I always like to try and think about before training. So I ever feel like, you know, I don't know, a bit of a funny mood. Just think you have the privilege to be able to do this with a body that works. Like so many people yeah. might have a disability or have an injury or something that they can't actually go and work out. So you have to be appreciative that you have the ability to do that with your body. And so I think that's something to very much be aware of. Um, with yourself, Joseph, obviously with your passion for training came at a young age. How did that start to transition into a career for you? Uh, so it all started back kind of before like social media was really, you know, a big thing. It started back on the bodyboarding.com forums. So I used to post up on the bodyboarding.com forums. I used to post uh, my own transformation photos, you know, what my results were, what I've achieved. And then I just started getting so many people messaging me, private messages, um, saying, what was your diet like? What was your training like? Can you help me with the diet? Can you help me with the training program? So I used to help them, you know, for free. And it kind of got to the point where so many people were contacting me for diet advice and training advice that I thought, you know, I could set up a service um, and charge for this and, you know, help a lot more people. At that same time, I was kind of going through that. I kind of started to study to become a personal trainer in the gym, uh, went and got my qualifications and I started working in the gym as well. And then I guess social media came around like Facebook, Instagram. So I started putting my content up on Facebook, filming videos, putting up on Facebook, taking pictures, putting up there, um, uploading videos to YouTube, whether it be a flexing video or a workout video and just really trying to gain exposure. And I guess the more exposure that I got, the more eyeballs I was in front of. Um, and with the more eyeballs I was in front of, the more people started requesting meal plans and workout programs from me. And then from there, it just grew. And as it grew, I just tried to get more exposure through other social media platforms that came around, like Snapchat. And now there's TikTok, which I'm not really a fan of. But <laughs> Yeah, man. T TikTok's a weird one. I'm not quite sure my thoughts. Uh, everyone's trying to get me on TikTok, like my managers and stuff. And I, it's just not... It's, it's not my thing, man. I'm too. I'm not. I'm too serious. But I, I'm not there to like, like respectfully dick about and do stupid stuff because it's just not. Same with me. Yeah. Um, I understand the platform's growing really fast, but it just doesn't sit right with me. But again, that comes down to your own authentic value. If you're not like doing stuff that's against the grain of the way you are, if that makes sense. So I think again, yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome in terms of just the way you, you think about things. Um, from a like coming more into like your own personal training and nutrition standpoint, 
something I think that's um, which is awesome, which I think you do very well, is preaching the keto dieting for fat loss, uh, mm-hmm. which I think you have a lot of success with your clients with. What's your specific sort of approach with that, and how have you found it yourself personally? Yep, I I love keto, man. I'm a huge fan of the keto diet. Um, myself personally, uh, I don't really do too good on low carbohydrates. So I've either got to be really, really high carbs, for example, at the moment, which is like, you know, 500 grams plus per day, um, or literally no carbs (laughs) and then go keto. So I'm using fat and ketones as my fuel source. But when my carbs are lower, I don't, I don't really do well. So I'm either high carbs or high fat. (laughs) Um, And I've done both diets and I enjoy both diets, but when fat loss is the goal, I find it so much easier to do it on keto, man. Now, especially with my clients as well. And when it comes to fat loss, it's all about calories in versus calories out. So if you're on a 2,500 diet, calorie diet, which contain carbohydrates, or you're on a 2,500 calorie diet, which was keto, you know, let's just say for an example, the calorie deficit was equal in both scenarios, fat loss would be equal. But the reason I like keto uh, during a fat loss phase for myself and for my clients is because there are so many benefits to being in keto. I find when you're on a low calorie diet and there's some carbs in your diet, you kind of get high energy, then lethargic, then high energy, then lethargic. But with keto, for myself and my clients, I find even when calories are low, the energy is constantly high and sustained. You don't get those dips. Um, You're also very clear in the brain, uh, good cognition, good productivity, uh, very like mentally clear. Um, keto um, with a carbohydrate diet sorry sometimes there's a little bit of brain fog um, especially if I have a big bowl of oats or some sushi I've got you know I can't really work on my emails but I can watch some YouTube kind of thing <laughs> so keto is very very beneficial um, from like a working point of view especially when on low calories I also like keto because um, obviously there's not much insulin when you're on a keto diet and when there's not much insulin, your kidneys don't hold on to salt and sodium. They flush it out. So you lose a lot of water weight and you actually look leaner than what you are. And when I get my clients onto a keto diet, they lose sometimes, you know, four to five kgs in the first week. Most of it is water uh, because of glycogen and the water, but it's very, very motivating. And when they see that initial change right away, it makes them more determined to stick with their training and stick with their diet. Um, and obviously adherence is the real secret to getting results. I also think keto is very, very good when it does come to adherence um, for myself and especially for my clients. So when you're on keto, obviously there's no carbohydrates and your diet is very high in fat. That's a new fuel source. When you're on a normal diet that has protein, carbs, and fats, I find for the majority of people, um, they're on a diet, but they'll break it often. They'll go out to like a friend's place and maybe there's some you know, potato chips on the table. Oh, a few here won't, won't hurt. Or they'll go out for dinner. Oh, it'll be all right. I'll get some fries with dinner just once, you know, and they keep breaking it and breaking it and breaking it. And that often happens in a diet. But when they're on keto, it's almost like there's a line in the sand. Oh no, I can't have that because it'll kick me out of the ketosis state. Oh no, I can't have that because it'll kick me out of the ketosis state. So they actually stick to the diet better. <laughs> they actually adhere to the diet. And that's what gets them the results, the adherence. It's very clear, um, clear ground rules. Rule. Yeah. Ground rules, that's it. And that same with myself. Like even when I've dieted in the past with carbohydrates, it's it's easier to cheat. Oh, tonight I'll just have a burger and then I'll, I'll back on my diet tomorrow. 
But when you're on the keto diet, because you don't want to kick yourself out of the ketosis state, you don't cheat. <laughs> and you just you're some man for a burger, I have to say. What's that? Some man for a burger. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But honestly, um, if calories are equal, fat loss will be equal. But I just think it's the benefits of keto um, that I like and that my clients like. And I, I look a lot leaner when I'm on keto as well, like a lot drier. The cuts of my abs are deeper. It's, and I feel great. I feel great. Like I've, I've done a, you know, a low calorie diet, which had carbs and you feel terrible, man, at the last, last end of the prep. But when you're on keto, I, I felt good. I felt amazing. And you get to eat enjoyable foods like bacon, eggs, salmon, steak. I put butter on my salmon. Manly stuff. <laughs> Manly stuff, yeah. <laughs> with, um, with your approach to nutrition, would you, what's your thoughts on like cheat meals and free meals and things like that? Because that can be often a very slippery slope for a lot of people or a lot of people go wrong. Is they, like the most frustrating thing I hear from people is like, when's my cheat day? It's like, why do you need to have a cheat, like a whole cheat day that doesn't like, you're going to wreck, like wreck probably two weeks worth of work doing something like that. Exactly. It depends. Eh? Like it depends on the person and I guess where they are, um, how much weight they have to lose, et cetera, et cetera. What their metabolism is like as well. So when myself, when I'm dieting, even now, like I don't do cheat meals. My calories are pretty high, so I can kind of get away with eating most things and it's within my calories. But when I'm dieting, I don't really have a cheat meal at all, but I would include a refeed day if I do have carbs in the diet. Um, and if I'm on a keto, I, I don't find the, the need or the urge to cheat. I understand for some people though, um, they just need that. So sometimes I make a rule with them that they can have a cheat meal, not a cheat day, a cheat meal. And you know, I'll give that to them every two to three weeks. So they've still got something to look forward to. Um, but it's not too often where it just ruins all of their progress and all of their hard work. Cause like a lot of people, you know, have a rule, a cheat meal once or twice a week. And sometimes that just wipes out all their, their progress, you know, especially if the, that cheat meal is 2000 calories. <laughs> this, with, you, with your own uh, diet and nutrition, interesting uh, thing you mentioned there, do you give yourself a set calorie allowance day or do you work off macro basis or what's your approach to that? Yep. So I go off a set calorie um, goal, depending on what my goals are at the time. So right now my calories are around 4,500. Um, I've been up to 5,000 before. Um, and when I diet, you know, I can diet on pretty high calories to start off with. And then obviously as the diet goes on and on, my calories go lower and lower and lower. But right now, um, 4,500 calories. I don't aim for any certain macros. Because my calories are so high, I easily meet my protein macros. I easily eat my, I easily meet my fat macros, um, but I don't have specific targets. Cool. Did you find it took you a while to build your calories up to that point? Have you always been able to eat quite a lot? Because I think probably you see the same that a lot of clients come to you and actually even to lose weight, they're actually under eating. So you often give them more food than they're currently eating, which seems yeah. counterintuitive and then they actually lose more weight. Yeah. It's crazy, man. And it, I guess it did take me a long time. Like over the years, I've built my calories up and up and up um, while still being able to, you know, stay lean. And I guess like, because the human body always wants to adapt. We always want to adapt. So obviously, if I've just finished a cut and I got down to like 2,500 calories, I can't automatically just start on a hardcore bulking diet at 5,000 calories. I'll get fat. <laughs> you have to slowly increase them up. And that's the same with dieting. You know, you have to slowly decrease your calories. So there's so many people out there 
you know, who are not on a diet, not doing any cardio, not doing any exercise. And then they decide they want to lose weight. So they start off exercising, they do an hour of cardio per day, and their calories are down to a thousand. <laughs> yeah, they'll lose some weight instantly, but right away their body wants to adapt because their body doesn't care about looking good for the beach. Uh, the body just wants to survive. <laughs> so the body, yeah, <laughs> the body will do whatever it can to not die. It'll you know, slow its metabolism down, lower its fat burning hormones, and basically just try to survive on burning as little calories as it can. And then fat loss, they don't even end up losing fat loss on such low calories and so much cardio. So what do they have to do? They either have to increase the cardio or decrease the calories, which is sometimes impossible. So that's why I always try and start dieting with my calories for myself and my clients as high as possible and then lower them only when needed and then increase the cardio only when needed. Always leave tools in the toolbox. Yes, which is like, uh, it's a saying I like saying, it's like leave some weapons in the arsenal. If you use everything yep. in one go, then like you've got nothing left to like win the rest exactly. of the Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Always got to have room to move. Yeah, 100%. I think that's one of those things, the most common thing, like, it frustrates me, but I understand why, is people when they first start a journey want to be doing cardio twice a day, they want to be training twice a day, they want to be eating like, like a lettuce a the day, and like, like, you just need to chill here. Like, take it one yeah. step at a time. You can't go from zero to 100. Like you exactly. have to like slowly, slowly, slowly to get the progress you want. Um, otherwise people just burn themselves out after a week and then they give up, which is what most people do. Yeah. Yep. And when they burn themselves out, they get to the breaking point. What do they do? They go and binge. So then they've just undone yep. everything. Exactly. If anything, probably gone back even further. Yeah. Then you get a roundabout way. So anyone listening, yeah. go do that and reach out to me or Joseph for help. Um, so like, Coming back to yourself again, Joseph, obviously you've got a great physique and that's something I've mentioned before. You ever had thoughts on competing before? Or I know like for you, training is more your passion. So I don't think that's nat like naturally within your eyesight something you want to do. Or is that something you thought about? Yeah, um, I guess I have thought about it many times, but never really got any further than I thought. <laughs> um, like I love training. I love dieting. I love following you know, a good nutrition plan. I love training hard. That's where the passion comes from. I don't really have any passion or desire to get up on stage. Um, so it's not a goal in the near future, but who knows, things might change. Cool. But it, at the moment, it, it's, yeah, I wouldn't say it's something I'm working towards or something that I really want to do. Great. But who knows? Yeah. It might happen. <laughs> Tactical answer. Um, like, what about yourself, by the way? Uh, so I've competed a couple of times and again, not sure what happen, might happen again in the future. Never say never, if you know what I mean. So yeah. we'll see what happens. See what happens. It's one of those things like I'm the same as you. I didn't, I don't particularly enjoy the stage part. I just love the process. The process, so I, yeah. I just love getting shredded and like pushing myself. And so for me, like I like doing, I don't know, just getting me to go on holiday or just go and do photo shoots or something like that, for example, I think it's a cool goal. Um, because respectfully, I don't really care about standing next to or being compared with anyone else because it's my own personal journey. And mm. like me being compared to someone else doesn't really give me value to my life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I've, I've dieted and I've trained, like I'm going to compete. Yeah. Exactly. I just had no, no comp <laughs> that I've planned to go to. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, like you being from New Zealand obviously makes you quite unique uh, in a lot of respects. Do, do you think that's helped you on the world stage online in some respects, made you a bit different? Um, maybe, but 
I think if anything, it's probably made it a little bit harder. Um, I don't have, you know, the, the best chance to go and collab with this person or this person. There's not really much people from New Zealand. We're a small country, I think 4.5 million people. Um, so yeah, I've, I think it has made it a little bit harder to do what I do, but I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I can always travel. Well, I can't now, but <laughs> maybe 2021, 2021, 2021. Yeah. Um, um, whenever I travel, that's, it's such a great opportunity for myself to, you know, one, get new content, create new content, um, meet new people, collab with new people, for example, like yourself. Uh, but when I'm stuck in New Zealand, I don't really have that chance or the opportunity to do that. Yeah. 100%. I think it's one of those things that I, I, I often find as well with like traveling is the time that really like inspires and motivates me as I come up with my best ideas of things because yeah. you're in a new fresh environment and out of your routine a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Because you, you just see different things, speak to different people, get different opinions on things. And I think like every time you almost go away, it adds like more experience and value to your life, which like when I was younger, I never understood people being like, oh yeah, he's oldest, more experienced. He understands more than you. But now I actually probably understand that like every year you get more experience. You understand how to deal with certain situations because yeah. you've been there and done it before. Um, which is maybe some naivety that I think everyone has when they're younger. Yeah. And it, that's the beauty of traveling, man. You just get to see so much as well. And it is, it's so much easier to get content. Like, Hearing like no matter where you live, you, you kind of get stuck with content. Like there's only so much chess workouts you can film in the gym you go to. <laughs> and but when you travel overseas, no matter if you go to Fiji, if you go to Thailand, if you go to America, it's just because it's a different place for you, it's so much easier to get your phone out and just record something, um, or get a picture here because it's new to you. So traveling's one of the best things and it's really helped me expand and grow my business. When uh, post lockdown, where's the first place you're going? Oof, don't know. <laughs> Maybe back to Thailand. Um, I want to go. I got some plans to go to America. Um, a few things over there. Um, yeah, I think once we can travel, I think Australia will probably be the first place because I think New Zealand and Australia are gonna have a little bubble for a for a while. Uh, but yeah, definitely America, Thailand again. I like the Thailand environment. Just walk around in short shorts, singlets, and flip flops. Um, get some sun, you know. Um, yeah, somewhere with some sand and a nice beach. Yeah, it's uh, likewise, I think it's a very similar, similar move for myself, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. you, you sort of like transitioning through your journey to where you are now, Judd, what was probably the most challenging part of, um, your journey? Was it initially the starting out point or as your business started to scale? What was the most difficult point you found for you personally? Uh, I guess the most difficult point for me was probably trying to scale, um, while staying on top of all the work, you know, um, cause it got to a point, you know, before I really had a, a good website built, you know, I was just getting so many people requesting meal plans and workout programs. And then I had so many of my clients emailing me asking for changes, asking this question and that question. And it was just, I didn't have enough hours in the day to do it all. So having a team, um, has really helped me, you know, being able to step up. So I guess the start was probably the tricky point for me. Um, and then there's minor obstacles here and there, but there's always a way around it. It's, uh, yeah, obstacles are always thrown, I think, in everyone's path. And like, the, obviously, the situation at the moment with like COVID 19 and the lockdowns, obviously, another one that's been thrown into the mix for every industry yeah. and every person in the world, um, which makes it like a, 
and it's a bit of a weird thing to say, but I found it quite interesting to see how people reacted to the situation, if that makes sense, because you'll either get two people in this type of scenario, like people who either fold and just watch Netflix for four months, or you get those who stand up and try and like deal with it proactively and like adapt their business around it or adapt their training around it and not find an excuse, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. You can either, there's a saying, you can either use this time as an excuse or you can use this time as an opportunity. Yeah, and the right. options available for everyone. <laughs> exactly. So there's this uh, very clear opportunity, uh, very clear answer, in my opinion, of like what yeah, you're back agree. on. Um, yeah. And for like, as opportunity, you know, a lot more downtime, a lot more time to just focus on like the little things in my business. Where before, because I was so busy with so much other stuff over here, it was hard to just focus on those little details. Yeah, you get, you get dragged around too much. I can imagine. Like with you, yeah. obviously having so much on. Do you have like a set daily routine with how you structure yourself? Do you have like a set morning routine? Do you try and keep yourself off your phone for your first hour or anything like that? Yeah, so my routine, depending on like the stage of my life or what I'm trying to do, it, it always changes. Uh, but right now, I guess my current routine is I wake up 6.50 a.m., um, breakfast at 7, and then after breakfast, I'm straight into my emails, do my emails, um, do as much work as I can, and then I'm off to the gym around 10 after my second meal <laughs> and then from there uh do some filming at the gym come back and continue working but always in the morning i like to just get a head start in the day so do all my emails get all the problems out of the way um do some social media posts get that up and then i don't have to worry and i don't have to panic it just feels good once i've got something up and then i can kind of relax and just enjoy the day and train hard yeah i think that's um some solid advice and i think what's very interesting there you do the same thing that i do is that uh, like obviously you're an incredibly busy guy but you first probably block in your training and then you build everything else around that if that makes sense yeah. um yeah which is exactly the same thing i do that's like the first thing i put in my like diary of the day is like i don't know between 2 to three thirty. it's like training phones off like people leave like that's my time and then mm -hmm. the rest of the day i build around that if that makes sense and i think yeah. that's a really good way to structure it yeah definitely uh, days need structures. Your day needs structure, I should say. If it doesn't have structure, sometimes you just float through the day and you're not productive that way. So without structure, I, I struggle. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I think in particular at the moment, it's so much easier for people to do that and to like drift along because people are at home, they can get up later, they haven't probably got someone who's putting pressure on them to be at a certain place at a certain time. So I think it's very easy for people to get into maybe bad habits at the moment. And I think yeah. people probably need to be quite aware of that, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. It is a very easy time for people to fall into bad habits. Sleeping right. an extra two hours because you don't need to get to work. It's, yeah. From your, your side of things, do you structure in a like, time of day for like chilling and enjoying yourself and like relationships and stuff like that? Or do you just tend to like leave that, like fit that in when you can? Or do you like, purposely block out time in the day for that? Yeah, I don't, I don't purposely block out time um, for that, uh, but I always do make time for that. <laughs> but like, I don't sit, like I don't plan my day and be like, oh, four o'clock, I'm gonna block it out to, you know, have some time with my partner or my family. I don't, I don't block it in, um, but I will always make time for that stuff, yep. but I don't plan it in advance. Cool. And Unless it's just something random, like, oh, we're gonna watch a movie tonight or something like that. Yeah, 100%. I think it's one of those things it's difficult sometimes for a lot of people. And I know people message me struggling with that. I think that's a thing where 
a lot of our clients probably struggle with is time management. But I think actually training and fitness helps so much because it creates a routine for you. Because like, as you said, you end up blocking one thing and in a day is a consistent variable, which will be working out. And then you've got that almost like as your anchor for the day and you can yep. build everything else around that. And then you add in the diet as well, which will then give you like, um, again, more structure of knowing I need to eat at X, Y, Z time. And again, mm-hmm. I think that's where like for me personally, I've taken so much um, value from fitness to help me with the rest of my life because it's helped me create a structure rather than just being all over the show. Yeah. Structure is so important. Yeah. St- yeah. I think it's the system. most important thing, honestly. It's, I um, struggle without structure. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things I think with, uh, without structure, you just get stressed because you've got too much going on. So like, I'm a big fan yeah. of like bullet point list of everything and just like, that's a way to get like stuff out of your brain and then you've got clarity on what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. With, um, with yourself and obviously like the online training movement at the moment, where do you see that going in the future, Joseph? Do you think it's going to be like, for me personally, I think it was going to be a, it's the future of all like training, but do you think it's going to keep, keep growing and being the bigger and bigger market? Yep. hundred percent. Um, I see the online personal training side of things to literally grow insanely from here. You know, everyone's going online now. Everyone's got a phone, like an iPhone or a, a smartphone. The way the world's going is we're just getting more and more advanced. And I think, you know, the olden day way of training is, is going to phase out and everyone, everything's going to go online for most things, not just training, you know? Yeah, 100%. I think um, almost, it sounds very weird thing I was talking about, but the situation at the moment has almost like sped up the evolution of that happening. Yeah. Because um, if you look at, say, for example, from business's point of view, who are flying people all over the world, they've now been forced to basically trial using things like Zoom and systems like that to do video calls, video conferencing, people working from home. And then they're suddenly realizing, oh, maybe we don't need to spend tens of thousands of pounds sending people all over the world when we can just do it on a video call. Like it worked before during lockdown. Why do we need to do it now? And it's almost yeah. like, like forcing the hand of that, like speeding up of evolution, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, think it's- I think like a lot of businesses are just, you know, not even going to go to their office anymore. Like I think a lot of businesses are, you know, starting to work from home now because of the situation that it put everyone through and they're realizing they can still work from home and get the job done. So just do it all online. I think it's, it's actually a bit sad to see, but it's, um, I know what you mean. It is, it is sad. It works for if it works it will work better though for people because it's better for the environment people aren't traveling and stuff and for people's lives it saves more time efficient but it's yeah. just trying to get it to actually work correctly as it should do i guess it's the is the big challenge there um, yeah with your like team of staff do you have them like based in an office or do you have them working remotely what, what's your thoughts yep. um so prior to the coronavirus, <laughs> they they were all working from the office. Um, so we've got a team about 20, 25 people. Uh, but now obviously with the coronavirus, we're all working from home at the moment. But tomorrow in New Zealand is the first day we can all go back to the office. So now uh, my staff have the option of either coming into the office or continuing to work from home. So there are a few of them that wanna still work from home and that's all right, but the rest of them are gonna be back in the office tomorrow. Uh, so I, I can still run my business from everyone at home, uh, obviously because it's online, but I still think everyone coming into the office sometimes is a good thing just so we can have meetings in person. Um, 
and we can share ideas around like that. It's sometimes just a little bit easier than a Zoom call. Yeah, I agree 100%. I think it's one of those things. It's also the small interactions on a daily basis that make a big difference that aren't for yeah. as in like, let's speak at two o'clock, let's speak at three o'clock. Like we are just like, I don't know, making a coffee. Just in the kitchen getting a coffee, yes. <laughs> like, but that, that's, that's when the hidden gems come up is in like conversations yeah. like that because you suddenly yeah. think of something like, oh, why don't we do this? And then they're like, like, oh, that's genius. But like, you wouldn't have had that conversation if you weren't in the same environment, if that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, so, I think office environment is good. Hmm. Providing you create the right atmosphere for success, which you obviously clearly have done. Um, but it's, it's awesome to hear that New Zealand's starting to get back to normal. I know, I think Australia is, I think next month as well, I think starting to go back, I think more. Yeah. Um, but that comes into like the next sort of topic, like a lot of people are struggling mentally with the situation at the moment with the lockdown uh, in terms of just motivation or being consistent with their diet and not knowing what to do with training. Like, do you have any tips for anyone from like maybe a mental standpoint of how to sort of deal with the situation or anything you recommend as people? Yeah, it's definitely a lot harder. Um, obviously, a lot of people have lost their jobs. Um, a lot of people can't go to the gym. A lot of people can't do the daily routine that they normally do. So it is a lot harder. But I think for the majority of people, especially the majority of people watching you know, this podcast, we are luckier than some people out there. You know, I think we still have to be grateful. Like, there are some people, you know, for example, in Thailand, they don't have any job. So now they've got no money to feed themselves. They've got no money to feed their family and they're literally living off nothing. They don't have enough money for a mobile phone or anything like that. Living in terrible conditions. So for most of us to be stuck at home, you know, it's, it's not the end of the world compared to some people um, who are really struggling, you know, life and death. Um, like I've heard just, you know, some of our mates back in Thailand, um, just telling me stories like a lot of people over there are just committing suicide because they physically can't um, survive. So I think a lot of us need to just put things in perspective and just realize we are luckier than most people around the world who are affected by this coronavirus. And if we can put things in perspective, um, I guess it gives us a little bit more light at the end of the tunnel and just know that stay positive, keep our head up eventually this will pass and eventually we'll be back to normal life. Um, just stay positive and put things in perspective and still stay grateful. And that's the best advice that I can give. I absolutely agree with that. I think um, that's some excellent perspective. I think like, even like to be fair, what you just said there, that made me massively think because obviously we spent a lot of time in Thailand earlier in the year and you think how nice and like grateful the people are there, but you can imagine that, <laughs> Like literally they have no industry really other than tourism. So like, what do you do? Um, and there's a lot of people like respectfully bitching and moaning at the moment, but like, as you said, there's always someone who's in a worse situation than you. So like, think about like, you've probably still got a roof over your head. You've got food on the table. I imagine you probably yeah. have still got some like money in your bank account, whereas some of these people don't have any of these things. Exactly. We're complaining. We're complaining about being stuck at home. Yeah. Not being able to go to the gym. There are some people that don't have a home to be stuck in. They're living on the streets. Like they would do anything to to be stuck in home. <laughs> so for us to complain that we're stuck in home, it, it's, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit sad on these people that don't have a home to be stuck in. So I think if we can put things into perspective, it makes it a little bit, you know, easier for us to understand. We're not that bad off compared to some people. I think that's the mic drop moment. 
um, coming away from the mentality side of things, like I know you you uh, you made a comment to me. I think we did an IG live before we spoke before about uh, body weight workouts, about how actually difficult some of the exercises are. I'm still yet to master the pistol squat. I, I'm working on it. The pistol squat's like taking my soul. So I've like I've regressed down to doing like a, a banded uh, assisted banded one. Um, is is a good regression to work up for a pistol squat for anyone else who struggles with that. But um, it's so funny. I couldn't believe that, man. Like at home, I filmed all these home workouts, you know, because lockdown came. I was like, okay, I need to film lots of home workouts. So I put all these home workouts down, ready to film. And I see pistol squats, you know, oh, easy, one-legged squat. I can squat over 200 kgs. That's no problem. But then trying to do a one-legged pistol squat, <laughs> the hardest thing ever, man. Yeah, that's uh, that literally like stole my soul when I first started it. And it's very eye-opening, to be honest with you. Um, can you do it yet? Uh, yeah, I, I, a bit of a ropey one, yeah, a bit of a ropey one. It's, uh, it, like, it feels like my knee's going about to explode in pretty much every rep, to be honest with you. It's, uh, you need like a technique to it as well, eh? <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a definite skill to it, a definite skill to it. Yeah. Um, with, with the home workout training, have you had any like protocols or tips or things that you found worked well? Like for myself, I think I actually did a podcast today with Milos Sarchev, and I quite liked his approach of like just hammering almost like giant sets with body weight stuff or using bands just to get like. And I know it's your style of training as well. You like high volume, fast, like get in, mm. get out, just sort of like trash the muscle. Is that still your sort of approach with home workouts? Yeah, so obviously when you're in the gym and you've got some decent weight to use, you can do like your exercises with 8 to 10 to 12 reps. But when you're doing body weight stuff, like sometimes, even if you've got a pair of dumbbells at home, sometimes 8 to 10 to 12 reps is not really enough, you know, um, to really create enough stress on the muscle. So what I've been doing for a lot of my home workouts, I've been doing some live streams, I've been doing it by time instead. So obviously, for example, uh, push-ups, you know, I'm not just going to do 10 rep push-ups because that's pretty easy. But if you do push-ups for 60 seconds, you know, <laughs> then that's a game changer. <laughs> so I've found instead of doing my home workouts, my exercises, my home exercises for X number of reps, I'm doing it for X number of time. Um, and then kind of creating the stress and the stimulus from time and attention and stress that way instead of weight overload stress. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good approach to have for that. I think it's... Um... Again, it comes down to one of those things we talk about, like where there's a will, there's a way. You just need to make the exercises more difficult. And yeah. you can always make things more difficult by like slowing reps down, like pauses yeah. and just like partial, partial squats. It's basically like how sadistic do you want to be with the movement, really? So yeah. It's, uh, it really is as simple as that. And I think um in reality, for 99% of people, like this is still a great opportunity where you can get really good results from training at home. Um, because like most people's main goal is to fat is fat loss and yep. probably like retain or build a small amount of muscle tissue to look more athletic. And this is the perfect opportunity to do it because you can now, you've probably got more time. You can go and do as much cardio as you like. Uh, you can train at home. You don't have to drive to the gym. Like off you go. Like what, how, how lean do you want to be basically? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No excuses. You've got all the time now. <laughs> yeah. no, literally that, that, that's, that's the, that's the reality of the situation then. Um, so that, that would be my advice I think would be for people to, to really just like get conscious of what they want to try and achieve and then like now is a really good time to go and do it yeah definitely use the time as an opportunity <laughs> exactly exactly um, we'll start to wrap things up there just because obviously respect for your time and uh, so I really really appreciate uh, your advice today has been fascinating hearing about obviously how you came into the fitness industry and your passions for everything um, where's the best way for anyone to get in touch to find out any more about you 
or any more information about your programs and what you do? Uh, probably anywhere really, <laughs> but I'm on Instagram, uh, just my name, Joseph Rakic. I'm on YouTube, just search my name, Joseph Rakic. My name is spelled J-O-S-E-F-R-A-K-I-C-H. Uh, but yeah, basically search me on any social media platform and you'll find me. Awesome, awesome. So I hope everyone absolutely loved the podcast today. If you could kind of leave us a five-star review, we'd be very much appreciated to subscribe. I'll pop Joseph's uh, details in the bio below. So please check him out. And if you don't already, which I imagine pretty much everyone does because you've got about half the world following you already, I believe. So uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for your time today, Joseph. No problem. Thank you very much for having me on here, man. Really appreciate it. Cool. And hopefully see you somewhere around the world very soon. Yeah, 100%, 100%. When, post-lockdown. Post-lockdown, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Now that was an absolutely killer episode of the Powercast. Hope you guys absolutely loved it. Now I want to fill you in something I put together which is absolutely incredible to help you not just survive during this quarantine, but actually thrive and come out of the situation in your best shape ever. So I appreciate a lot of people are really struggling at the moment in terms of knowing how to train from home, knowing how to stick to their diet when stuck in the house. There's ladies in lockdown, guys stuck in the house. There's a lot of issues going on here. And I wanted to come forward to help you guys and girls come out of the situation as a success. Now, what I have done is completely revamped my world-famous Shrednate and Sculptionate programs. And what's even more exciting about this is I've given you 77% off on the price of the program. So normally it costs £149 or $200. US Now you can sign up for just £37 per month or $45. US And what's better, you can actually lock this price in for the rest of the year to see a new training program and new diet every eight weeks. Now, the new versions of the program are fully home workout based, just using your body weight and some basic bands. These will get you the normal world famous results that you get on Shrednate and Sculptinate, so you come out of this situation in the best shape ever. If you'd like to get involved, please click the link below in the podcast notes or drop me a message with any questions. We'd love to have you not just another client of Shrednate and Sculptinate, but another success story.